0: Well, good morning, Northside. Thank you, Joel and Sharon and choir for leading us in worship this morning. It's a great day to be here this morning, and uh, it's a joy to be here together with you this morning. If you have your Bible with you, and I hope you do, I would encourage you to turn with me to John chapter 8. We'll be looking at verses 31 through 36 this morning. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36 This morning, we're going to be continuing our First Things First series. Uh, We've spoken about prayer. We've spoken about worship. Next week, we will talk about our witness. And this morning, I want us to spend a few moments talking about the Word, Uh, specifically uh, what it means to abide in God's Word, uh, which I believe is the most foundational spiritual discipline For the Christian, not one of the the most foundational thing for a follower of Jesus is to abide in his word. And just think about it. Everything else flows from the word of God. Our prayers flow from the word of God. Our worship, if done rightly, should flow from the word of God. We can't be witnesses to a lost world uh, apart from the word of God. We have nothing to share. We have nothing to speak if we don't have the word first ourselves. Now, I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here. I I think all of us would agree that the word of God is to be central in the life of a believer. It's of supreme importance, of great value. But I question whether or not many of us actually believe that profession. And hear me out. 2019 LifeWay study was done uh, amongst Protestant churchgoers. And the question that was asked, how often do you read the Bible? You, You probably won't be surprised by this, and maybe some of you will. The answer to every day, a Christian saying, I read the Word of God every day. 32%. A few times a week, 27%. Once a week, 12%. A few times a month, 11%. Once a month, 5%. And rarely or never, 12%. These are Christians in America. So if this statistic is true, even within our church, then around the hundred or so people that are in this room this morning... Only 32 of us were in the Word every day this past week. 68 of us this past week, at best, spent a few times in the Word. And at worst, there's people among us who didn't open the Word of God at all. What does that tell you about how someone might value or not value something? If you don't spend any time in the Word, then you must not truly value it. Right, I would have a hard time convincing you that I value my wife if I've never spent any time with her. You would question that, would you not? And thus, we would question the same thing about when we spend time with God. And here's a few other things, even beyond a statistic like that, which for me is eye-opening, because it's saying a high percentage of people that are, are professing Christians never read the Bible. Uh, here's some other things. <clears throat> uh, even just from my perspective, uh, many Christians have become bored with the preaching of God's Word. Uh, some of us are under what's, uh, what might be called the lullaby effect. You guys know what a lullaby does for, a, for an infant, yes? I know very well what a lullaby does for an infant with my seven-month-old daughter. Uh, we play the same songs over and over and over and over again when it's time to go to bed. And over time, she has subconsciously understood that when these lullabies start to play, guess what happens to her? She begins to go to sleep. And do you want to know what happens with many of us when someone comes to to preach the word or someone even on on a personal basis speaks the word to you? For many of us, we have that same effect. We begin to drift off into boredom and to sleep. Our minds begin to think about many things, but it's not the word that is being proclaimed. It's lunch or the many other things that we could possibly think of. Other things that I think through is, is our conversations as believers from one to another. Where our conversations should be filled with encouragement from the scriptures. And oftentimes that's not the case. We speak many things to each other, but a lot of times it's not the word of God. Uh, here's a third thing that I just think through. Out of all the people that I've met in the world, and I've met a lot of different people, uh, I've traveled to a lot of different countries, uh, India, Thailand, China, uh, Romania, England, uh, just to name a few. Out of all the people that I've met, a lot of times Americans are the most miserable, unhappy, dissatisfied, joyless people. And a lot of times, Christians in America are not too much different. You, just, you can think of that. You know this to be true. What may describe us is, is the parable that Jesus tells of the parable of the sower. That the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful such as our lives a lot of times, joyless, overwhelmed, stressed, dissatisfied, ought not to be the case for the believer. What's the disconnect then? How could we say we, we love God's word, we value God's word, we cherish God's word, it's of central importance, most foundational spiritual discipline for the believer, and yet be like this, we could sometimes point to time, lack of time, busyness. Those are excuses, in my opinion. You always make time for what's most important to you. Yes? I would probably boil it down to maybe two things. We often don't remember the why we need to be in God's Word, or we don't understand the why. And a lot of times we don't understand the how. We don't understand how to spend time with the Lord in his word. We don't see how great our sin is. Why? (laughs) We're sinners. Every single one of us. Even Christians, we still battle with this internal struggle of sin. And we don't understand fully how great the grace of God is. Someone understands how great their sin is and how great God's grace is. Is going to run to the throne every time for grace and mercy and help in time of need. They will run to the Word for that help. We don't understand how. We don't understand how to spend time with the Word. It's, it's a frightful thing. You say, hey, you need to be reading the Word every day. You need to be studying the Word every day. And for a lot of people, it's, I don't know where to start. That's a big book. Where do I start from? How do I read this thing? And so this morning, these are the two things that I really want us to, to look through. The why and the how. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Read read together with me. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, Indeed. So this morning, I just have one point that I want us to get from this passage here, and three questions that will help us understand this point. The main point is this Christ is faithful to bring blessing into the lives of his disciples as they are faithful to abide deeply in his word. Very simple. Christ is faithful to bring blessing. Into the lives of his disciples as they are faithful to abide deeply in his word. And here's the three questions that I would ask What does it mean to abide in Jesus' word? What does that mean? What are the blessings that come from abiding in the word? And then what are some practical ways we can grow in abiding this year? What does it mean? What are the blessings? And what are some practical ways to help us abide more deeply? So let's start with the first question as we look at John chapter 8. What does it mean to abide in the word? Jesus said to them, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Jesus makes abiding in the word an essential aspect of being his disciple. If you abide, then you will know that you are truly my disciple. The first step of discipleship is, of course... To come to Jesus and believe in him. You have to come to him by faith. And believe in him. And yet the second step of discipleship is no less important. You have to continue in him. You can't stop. To be a disciple. And you guys, if you guys have a conversation with me ever. A disciple literally means to be a learner to be a learner of Jesus, a student of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, if you are to be a disciple, a learner of him, you must continue to be in his word. Now, the word abide literally just means to remain or or to dwell. There, there's kind of two aspects of this. There's an aspect of location and there's an aspect of time. So to, to remain or to dwell in a specific location or a place It also means to continue or to hold fast or to endure. So to remain in one place over a course of time. John's picture that he gives us in John chapter 15 is that of a vine and a branch. That's the, the illustration that we're giving of what it looks like to abide. Jesus is the vine, and just as a branch must abide in the vine, it must remain connected. It must continue in the vine So we must continue to abide in Christ. Now, if you're like me, I'm not a gardener. So so there's maybe some pictures that that we can maybe even use today that might help us even further understand. I love watching Star Wars and football. You guys know this. Guess what's required for me to watch the game? If you're going to watch the Clemson game, that TV has got to abide in the power outlet that cord has got to abide, remain, be connected to the power outlet. And how long must it remain into the power outlet? Yeah, because as soon as it becomes disconnected, that TV will go black. Now, you're getting the picture. To, to, to be connected, to remain in, and then to remain over time. That's what it means to abide. And much like prayer, our abiding in Jesus and in his word, demonstrates our dependence upon him. Jesus says himself in John 15, when he's talking further about abiding, that apart from him, we can do nothing. Hear that this morning, brother and sister. Apart from Christ, you can do absolutely nothing. And thus we abide in him. We abide in his word, what he has said to us. If you could break it down practically about what it means to abide in his word, we would include three things. To abide in Jesus' word means to not just read, even though that's included, it means to continue learning, to continue learning from Jesus. By listening to him. By, yes, reading what he has said. Studying what he has said. Hearing what he has said. But it doesn't stop there. The the disciple, the, the Christian, continues learning from him. Listening, reading, studying. But continues to believe in his word. And also continues to walk in obedience. So learning, believing, obeying what Jesus has said. Let me give you a picture of what this looked like practically in the disciples that were immediately around Jesus. John chapter 6, we would read about the feeding of the 5,000. And after the feeding of the 5,000, the crowd, of course, is following Jesus. He's trying to get away from them. They're following him. And he begins to teach them how he is the bread of life And that whoever comes to him will never hunger and whoever believes in him will never thirst. That's John 6.35. And John records this after Jesus is teaching about him being the bread of life. He says this. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And he said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, there is a close connection. Last week, uh, Scott was talking about our worship. There's a close connection between our abiding and our worship. And much like our worship, our abiding involves three components our head, our hearts, and our hands. The learning, the believing, and the obeying what Jesus has said. To abide involves our head. We must continue to learn from him. You will know the truth, Jesus says in John 8, as you abide in my word. Heart, we must continue to believe what Jesus said. It's not just enough just to read it and close it and not apply it to our hearts, it also involves obedience. We must continue to actually do what Jesus has told us to do. The disciples in John chapter 6, the 12. Peter gets a hard, a hard time sometimes because we give him a hard time for speaking up and yet sometimes he speaks up and he says things that are very, very important. He told Jesus, we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. He learned, he knew they had believed in him, and they refused to walk away from him, much like everybody else who would claim to be his disciples, said, You've got the words of eternal life. I don't know where else to go. I'm going to remain in you. Also, similar to our worship, even from last week, Scott talked about that there was a, a public and a, and a personal side of worship. And so it is with abiding in the Word. There's a public aspect of this. We typically think of of Bible study or abiding as just being personal. You need to read the Bible. And yet, there is such an importance of the gathering of God's people. God has so designed our spiritual growth to take place within the context of community. What we're doing this morning is according to His good design. We grow in knowledge and faith and obedience to Jesus... As we humbly listen to the teaching of our pastors, teachers, and other disciples in the church who are strong in the faith. We grow as we study God's word together in small groups, Sunday school classes. And as we speak the word to one another, even in one-on-one settings. Children and youth, they grow in the faith as their parents, with the help of other godly adults, faithfully instruct them and raise them with a biblical worldview. God has designed for us to help one another to grow as disciples as we speak the word to one another and as we listen to the word being spoken by one another. And we help each other not only grow in knowledge, but we help each other to keep believing. Because, let's be honest, there are times that come into our life where believing is really hard. Is it not? And if believing is very hard, then so is our obedience. Any single one of us can, ha- can have a, a difficult season in our life where it's really hard to believe what Jesus has said. Is what he has said true? Is it really good for me? And I can tell you when you have a brother or a sister speaking, yes, brother, yes, sister, keep going, keep believing, keep abiding in him. He is true and good. We bear each other's burdens. We encourage one another with the word of God. We help one another to keep learning, to keep believing, to keep walking in obedience. You cannot faithfully abide in isolation. God did not design the Christian life to be like that. And yet there's also a personal aspect of abiding. Jesus is talking to all of his disciples together, but there's a responsibility that each individual disciple has in their spiritual growth. We cannot fully depend on other people to feed us. We have to learn to feed ourselves with the word of God. Each of us are personally responsible for continuing to learn and study and know the word, to believe and to walk in obedience. We must be diligent, as Pastor Scott says, in our ministry of presence. He talked about that that we would make it a priority to be present when the church is gathered for worship and Bible studies and small group time. And we must be diligent to spend time in the Word throughout the week on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, not just Sunday. You certainly wouldn't go a day without eating or drinking, at least not willingly, right? And thus you shouldn't go a day without feeding on the word of God. That leads us to the benefits or the blessings. It's, it's crucial that we abide, that we remain in his word over time, continuously. That we continue learning from him, believing what he has said, and obeying what he has said. And what Jesus promises here in John 8 is freedom. Freedom. Freedom is what he promises to his disciples who faithfully abide in his word. Freedom from the bondage of sin. The people that Jesus was speaking to really didn't see what Jesus was talking about. They were confused. They thought he was talking about physical slavery, and Jesus is talking about how they are slaves to their sin. We have never been slaves, they say. Why would you tell us that we will be set free And yet many of us are not too much different. Spiritually apart from Christ, we are slaves to our sin. And sin is not a gracious master. It devours and destroys lives. And Jesus' promise to them and to us is true, everlasting freedom from that bondage. He not only gives them a, a, a promise of freedom from sin, it's a freedom to live as children of God and to enjoy the riches of his love. Notice the contrast he makes between being a slave and being a son, bound and free. And you're either one of the other. You're a slave to sin or you're a son of God. And if you're a slave, then then the promises of Christ are not for you. It's not just freedom from something, it's freedom for something. To be a son or a daughter of God. And this is great love. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, 1 John 3, that we should be called children of God. And this is, is an offer that's available to anyone that would come to Jesus by faith. You can be free from your sin. Don't let that go over you. And even as a Christian, continue to hear that. For those of you who might hold on to sin, don't hold on. Let it go. There's freedom to be found. And here's a few things that that freedom entails. Deep intimacy and fellowship with God. Jesus will talk later on in John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And this is along the same thing as keeping his word. And then listen to what Jesus says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But listen to what Jesus gives you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be with you. The giving of the Spirit to dwell in you. But listen to what Jesus says about him. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and, and the world will see me no longer, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. And in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. And whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and i will love him deep intimacy and love and fellowship with the god of the universe who created all things says i will come and make my home with you peace from god a second thing these are just a few examples by the way john 16:33 jesus says i have said these things to you for what purpose that you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Peace from God. Fullness of joy, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you, for what purpose? That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. My daughter, Amelia Joy, her middle name comes from this verse. Because my prayer for her is that the joy of Christ would be in her and that her joy would just be abundantly full. And thus is the promise that Jesus gives all of his people who would come to him and abide in him. Deep fellowship with God, peace, joy. And you must see the connection. If you are somebody who is constantly uh, just struggling with not feeling God's presence in your life, Constantly struggling that that you never hear his voice, constantly lacking peace, constantly lacking joy. You've got to see the connection between that lack of joy and peace and fellowship with God and the lack of abiding in the word. It's not that God has gone anywhere. In most cases, it's that we have not been coming to him. It's not that he's withholding peace or joy from our lives that we're not reaching out and receiving what he freely offers. It's as if a lot of times in the church we're at a feast and we're sitting at a table full of rich, delicious, satisfying food and yet we're so distracted with the other things going on that we don't partake. And then we complain about being hungry. And the encouragement that I want to have for you this morning is brother, sister, reach out. And eat and taste and see that the Lord is good. He has shown us that in his word. And he continues to show us that as we abide in his word continually. You spend time in the word, the more time you spend time with him, the more that you will taste and see that he is good. And that's what I want for all of us. Here's the last thing. And the reason they're all listed out in the bulletin is because there's a lot of practical ways that I would want you guys to, uh, to grow in, in abiding this, this year. Uh, just practical ways to abide more deeply in the Word this year. We know that to, to abide means to continue learning and believing and obeying what Jesus has said in His Word. There's a public aspect. There's a, a personal aspect. We've got to gather together on Sunday mornings. But, but don't neglect the Word Monday through Saturday. And here's some practical ways to do that. The, the first thing is make your ministry of presence in corporate worship and Bible study a high priority. Be here and really be here. And what I mean by that is be here in body, but also be here in spirit as well. Don't just show up to Sunday morning in your body, but mentally you're, you're somewhere else. Don't just come so you can check the box. Really come to be a part of the gathering of the believers Not only for you to be fed, but for you to be able to to encourage others. The second thing, don't forget the why. Don't forget the why of spending time in the Word. To hear from God. For your life to be changed for Him. To learn from Him. And grow in your faith. And to grow in your obedience to Him. You need Jesus. You need Him. And I do. Don't forget that. Third thing. These are super practical. Establish a good plan for spending time in the Word. If anybody had a New Year's resolution this year of losing weight or, or eating more healthy, if you don't have a plan, your resolution will fail. If I told you that I want to you know, lose 20 pounds, and you, what are you going to ask me? How are you going to do that, right? But if I don't have a good answer, I don't know how I'm going to do that. It's not going to happen. And if you want to grow in your abiding, if you want to grow in spending time with the Lord in His Word, You've got to have a plan. Pick a time. Pick a place. When and where. Uh, pick a Bible reading plan. Don't, don't just leave it up to, to chance. I'm just going to open it up tomorrow. There. Don't do that. Have a plan. Where are you going to start? I will say that uh, Scott and Angela are working really hard to have a, a Northside Bible reading plan developed this week and, and made ready next Sunday if you don't have one already. Uh, document your bible reading and prayers Uh, use some sort of tool or journal to to write down what you're reading and what you're learning and what you're praying for Uh, let me tell you one one big encouragement in that Uh, lots of times uh, we wonder if God's answering the prayers that we're praying and one of the the easiest way to to learn (laughs) how he's answering your prayers if you can go back into a journal that you kept and you can record all of the things that you prayed for so you don't forget what you prayed for. Lots of times we forget what we even prayed for, but when you can go back to a journal and say, this is what I was learning and this is what I prayed for, and I see now how God answered that. Keep a journal. Document it. Uh, Turn off all the noise. Yes, technology, even your phones. Put it to the side. Like really disconnect from any, any kind of emails or phone calls or text messages, all of the beeps and the buzzes, Turn it off and spend time in quiet before the Lord. Get someone to read the Bible with you for encouragement and accountability. Uh, Spend time in the Word every day, even when you don't feel like it, because there's going to be days where you just don't feel like it. Press on. And if you have someone there to encourage you, it'll be a a, a big help. Don't get down on yourself if you miss a day, because you'll miss a day. You will. Things will happen, you'll get busy. But, but Jesus is, is gracious, and he's holding fast to you even on the days where you don't hold on to him. He's faithful. He's forgiving. Come back to him. Develop some on-the-go strategies. This is, this is where I think the Bible app is useful. I'm somebody that doesn't think you should use your, your phone's Bible app as your primary source of study. I don't think it's helpful. But you know what? If you have a phone and it's got a Bible app on it, and you're sitting at the doctor's office, and you've got 15, 20 minutes waiting, and you've got something to do, don't get on Facebook, get on the Bible and read. Listen to worship music when you're cooking or or about your day. And and then lastly, share what you're learning from God's Word with others. And ask other people, hey, what is God teaching you this week? Because that's really going to help us be accountable to spend time with Him. When our conversations are filled with the word of God. Hey, David, listen to what God's teaching me this week. you got to hear this, brother. Hey, Joel, what is God teaching you this week? Oh, what that would do for our fellowship together. What I want you guys to hear this morning is there is so much joy to be found in being with the Lord and in his word. And if you're here, you're not a Christian Oh, I would love to talk to you about the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the love that that comes from Christ. And if you're a believer, brother, or sister, my encouragement to you, get in the word. It's, It's not about laws and legalism. You're supposed to do this. You're missing out if you're not abiding in the word. You're missing out. And I want good for you. Oh, how I pray that this would be a year that we would grow strongly in our abiding. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we give you thanks. Jesus, you, you give us a promise that for those who are truly your disciples and abiding in your word, Lord, that we would know the truth, and it's your truth that sets us free. Lord, help us to taste and see this year In your word, how good you really are. We love you and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.